Hello, baseball fans. Welcome to Sully Baseball Daily, the podcast. We talk about baseball 365 days a year, unless it's a leap year. Then we're going to do another one. I've been doing this every single day since October 24th, 2012. It's now the 8th day of February 2017, and I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I'm recording from Sully Baseball Studio in Palo Alto, California, the birthplace of Los Angeles Dodgers center fielder Jock Peterson and just a line drive from Sunken Diamond the baseball home of the Stanford Cardinal. Cardinal. Cardinals. There's my connection. That's what I'm going to be talking a little bit about today. Look, at over the last bunch of years, if you've been following this podcast, and I know I have, you know one thing. You know that I have a tendency to pick the St. Louis Cardinals. I always feel that you sleep on the Cardinals at your own peril. And I think the fact of the matter is that over the years... The Cardinals have been, um, you know, a pretty damn consistent team. Now, last year the Cardinals failed to make the postseason, and there's a you know tendency to try to want to write them off a little bit. But they missed the postseason by a single game. They were one. They finished the season one game behind the San Francisco Giants, and one game behind and one game behind the Mets. Now. You can point out that the Mets and the Giants both kind of limped their way down the stretch and finishing the season 86 and 76 like the St. Louis Cardinals did. Well, it's not something you want to go jumping up and down about. That being said, the Cardinals team was a team that was somewhat in transition. You know, they only got 82 games out of Johnny Peralta. They got an up-and-down year from Colton Wong. They got, uh, you know only 118 games out of Matt Adams, there was a lot of injuries to this team, and there was a lot of upheaval. Remember that Trevor Rosenthal began the season as the closer for the St. Louis Cardinals, and they finished the season with uh, Soon Wan Oh, who actually did a fine job as the closer down the stretch, and he did a good, you know, he was a solid Closer and a good option down the stretch, 103 strikeouts and only 18 walks in 79 two-thirds innings, pitching to a 1.92 ERA, ain't bad. I know my mom doesn't like me saying ain't, but what are you going to do? Um, they only they got mediocre seasons out of Adam Wainwright, out of Mike Leake, out of Jaime Garcia, and they didn't get much out of it. They got a bad season out of Michael Walker. So... You take a look at this team, and you think, okay, what are we looking at with this team? What are we looking at with this club? And I guess everyone in their moose is thinking that this, the Chicago Cubs are probably going to repeat as division champions. Well, it's a distinct possibility. And, of course, people are concentrating on the Dodgers and the Nationals and keeping an eye on the Mets and the San Francisco Giants. But man, don't sleep on the Cardinals. Do not sleep on the Cardinals because they had, as I pointed out, they got subpar years out of some people. And it's not too late to think that maybe some of those players might turn it around. It's not out of the realm of possibility that you can look at this team and say, hey, wait a minute. We counted this team out based upon the team, you know, the, the showing they had last year, which looked like, oh, they took a big step down. One thing the Cardinals are, and they have been over the years, is malleable. 
they do adjust. They do adjust pretty well. And keep in mind, since 2009, the Cardinals have missed the postseason twice. They missed in 2010, and they missed in 2016. In both of those years, they finished 86 and 76. That was the exact same record they had in 2010 and 2016. They won the World Series in 2011. They went on. They won 90. They've won 90 games in uh, 2011. 97 games in 2013. 90 games in 2014. 100 games in 2015. There's only two years removed from being a 100 win team. And now let's take a look a little bit at the team. Obviously, they can make changes along the way, but they made the acquisition of Dexter Fowler. Now, Dex, now that's removing Dexter Fowler from the outfield in Chicago. Okay, fine. And you're going to put Dexter Fowler into an outfield that has Randall Gritchick, who's only 25 years old, and Stephen Piscotty, who's only 26 years old. They let Matt Holliday walk, but okay, that's fine. That's fine. You know, you got to let some players walk from time to time. And, lest we forget... They have a player by the name, where the hell is he on here? I just, I just had him written down here. They have a guy named Harrison Bader. Is it Bader? Batter? I think it's Harrison. I see two different spellings of his name, and I'm going to go. Where am I going to go? I'm going to go to BaseballReference.com, the single greatest website in the history of the planet Earth, and it is Harrison Bader. And he is uh, a 22-year-old outfielder who tore up double-A and is now in triple-A. And you're asking him to just make it through there. Then you have Gritchick, Piscotti, and Dexter Fowler, and you are going to build this team up with some new young players. Now you're going to have, you have an infield. You have a very, it's a very strange infield that the uh, St. Louis Cardinals have. Uh, and a lot of it is going to depend on who comes back from injury well and everything like that. But, you know, they got a decent year out of Jed Jorko, which I didn't know anyone was expecting to see that happen. Uh, Matt Carpenter is going to be at first base. He can play everywhere and hit okay. Um, Colt Wong had a bad year, but he's a talented player. And could bounce back. He's, if there's anyone who's a candidate for a bounce back season, it's Colton Wong, who's still, he's only 26 years old. And you had, we're getting very good years out of Aledmas Diaz. Is that how you pronounce his name? Aledmas Diaz, who was having a very good year, had some injury issue, but he came, you know, had a good season all over, overall. Now, that's a young, you know, Carpenter is 31. He's going to be the, the oldest one in there. And, you know, and you have a, you know, that's a good, solid infield with a bunch of players who are candidates for bounce-back seasons, especially Wong, who everyone went into thinking he's a really talented player and is possible that he could come back. And then you look up and you have Yadier Molina, the ageless wonder there, and you have Carson Kelly, who is a good, solid, young catching prospect. He's only 22 years old and is going to have a Molina 
be his mentor. And then you have the fact that you have two players in their pitching staff, Luke Weaver and Alex Reyes, who are young and top-level prospects, to go along with Michael Waka, who's only 25, Carlos Martinez, who's only 25, Mike Leake, who's only 29. <clears throat> you know, the, the, some of these players have been around a while that you think that, oh man, they must be, you know, they must be long in the tooth. Having a decent year from Waka, a decent year from Martinez, and a decent year from Wainwright, you're going to see depth on this team, and you're also going to see this team be that classic Cardinal in that they have reinforcements. They have young prospects who can slip in and maybe take some of the time and pressure off of it. Now, the one thing that I think this team doesn't have is that player who is the great identity of this Cardinal team. Maybe it's Molina just based on longevity. Maybe it's Wainwright based on longevity because they're the final two holdouts from the 2006 World Champion team. Hell, Yadier Molina played on the 2004 pennant winner. So you have enough players who have been hanging around, you know, since some of their uh, postseason run that they had as recently as a trip to the League Championship Series in 2014. There are several players left over from the World Series in 2013. One of the things that happens when a team catches you off guard is you forget who was hurt, who had a down year. Remember, the Texas Rangers won the pennant in 2010, 2011, were a wild card team in 2012, and had to play a play-in game in 2013. In other words, they were consistently a damn good team. In fact, I picked them to win the pennant in 2014. But injuries and a bad year, and all of a sudden the Rangers stunk in 2014. And they came back and they won the division in 2015, and a lot of people were like, man, who could have seen this coming? Well, they're only a year removed away from being a team that I picked to win the pennant. I think the Cardinals are laying in the weeds. Now, of course, there's other things. There are, other, you know, there are some free agents that are still hanging out there and potential bargains, hunters and everything like that, but... I'm telling you, there is potential of regression in several parts of the National League. San Francisco Giants, who only finished a game ahead of the St. Louis Cardinals, who had a spectacular first half of the season and struggled in the second half of the season, they've assembled a new bullpen and they're a year older. Now, there's some players who are still young enough to be considered in their prime, but the Giants are a candidate for taking a step back. The Mets, well, they're based entirely on how well their rotation is slapped together. If the Mets' rotation is healthy, then the Mets are going to be a big-time contender, maybe even win the division. But if they're not, then look out. Los Angeles Dodgers, well, I think the Dodgers are going to be really, really good this year. But they got hammered with injuries last year, and the moves they made are dependent on players matching their performance and coming back from injury. As I said before, they held serve. They didn't really improve. The Chicago Cubs, well, they lost Jason Hamill. They lost um, 
Aroldis Chapman, who's an asshole, and they lost uh, Dexter Fowler. And granted, they brought in Wade Davis to improve the bullpen, but is it possible the Cubs take a step back? It's really, really hard to repeat. We've all seen that. And you know, there might be the hangover effect. In this case, it might literally be a hangover. You know, with a subpar season, with a bad, with some of their starting pitchers being mediocre to bad, having to change closers midway through, and not being able to play all the players they want to play at the at the point that they wanted to, Cardinals finished the season ten games above five hundred. A win here or a win there, like just you know, an added win each month, and this is a ninety-plus win team. Doesn't take a lot to see that happening. Now, granted, down the stretch, you know, the Cardinals lost a couple of really, really brutal games down the stretch. And when you take a look at the team as it's constituted and how they played during the uh, the 2016 season, well, you know, they played five, basically 500 ball after August. You know, that's roughly what it was. They had a couple massive blowout losses. And then they, you know, lost a couple of uh, they lost a couple of walk off games as well, and then held on. They won their last four games. Remember that they won their last four games, including a sweep of the the Pittsburgh Pirates, in order to you know, in order to put the pressure on both the Mets and the Giants down the stretch. You know they they fared well against some teams. So, you know, they were the death knell of the Pirates and you know, winning the games, the critical games against them. But I take a look at this Cardinal team and I think about how this team is constituted, how this team is put together. And they're flying under the radar. Here's something that I guarantee you is going to happen this season with the St. Louis Cardinals. They will win a few games and people watching going, who the hell is this guy? That happens every year. That happens every damn year with the St. Louis Cardinals, where I look up and I say, who the hell is Tommy Pham? Who the hell is this kid O closing out the games? You know, it's way too early to make predictions. It's way too early to think about, okay, who's going to win this and who's going to win that. But it's not too early to look up and say, what teams are the most likely to rebound. And when you look at the Cardinals, you look at how they're constant, you look at the fact that the players who need to rebound are young enough to turn it around. I'd be scared out of my minds of them. I'd be scared out of my wits. Now, I also think the Pirates are going to rebound as well, but that's going to be the topic of a different podcast. You know, St. Louis is quietly putting together just an absolutely spectacular run. A run that may not include all the world championships that you'd hope, but they'll win enough. They're going to win maybe one or two titles each decade and be enough to tide their fans over for dinner. And it may bore the snot out of you. Oh, I don't want to see the Cardinals again. I want to see the Cardinals again. But the fact of the matter is, one of the reasons why they're able to do it is because of the turnover, is because of the different faces who wear the jersey. 
Now, I don't know enough about football to make any sort of comparison there, but one thing I have read about the great run that the New England Patriots have made over the years has been being able to switch players out and be able to say, oh, this guy's in here now, this guy's in there now, and you get new hungry players every year. And so, yes, the uniform stays the same, but the faces don't. You saw that in, by the end of the 2013 World Series, they started dismantling that team, making a bunch of really daring moves. Huge faces left after the 2011 World Series, no bigger than Albert Pujols. Now, maybe one of the reasons why they seem to fly under the radar in that way is because they don't have that marquee star. They don't have that one player who you identify with the Cardinals, the way that you identified Pujols, the way that you identified Ozzie Smith, the way that you identified Bob Gibson just over the years. And I don't think the Cardinals really care. I think the Cardinals care about winning and putting a great product on the field and getting back to the league championship series. These are the things I think they care about. But that being said, look out. This is going to be a strong, strange year in the National League. Because eventually one of the teams that you're expecting to get in is going to fall on their face. I still don't think any team is ready to be a surprise yet. I don't think the Phillies are ready to be a surprise yet. I don't think the Marlins are going to be able to recover from the loss and the death of Jose Fernandez. I don't think that the um, Braves, I think the Braves are at least a year away. Uh, I don't think the Rockies, I don't think the Diamondbacks, I don't think the Padres, I don't think the Brewers, I don't think the Reds, I don't think these teams have a real shot of putting a playoff contender on. If they do, I'll eat my hat. So I do think it'll be the usual suspects rounded up. I think the Cardinals are laying in the weeds and are going to be a team that catches some people off guard. Hell, it wouldn't surprise me if they won the damn division. Now, someone's going to say, but Sally, that's you hating on the Cubs. I don't hate the Cubs. I picked the Pirates last year. I was wrong to win the division. I was wrong. I rooted against the Cubs because of Chapman. I'm not, I'm not a Cardinal fan. I admire the Cardinals, but I'm not a Cardinal fan. But I am smart enough to see, wait a minute, a lot went wrong for this team, and they almost made the damn playoffs. And you've seen a couple of Cardinal teams like 06 and 2011 make the damn playoffs by the skins of their teeth and go on to win the whole damn thing. So... Keep an eye out. I said this before. I said this many times in this podcast, and I mean it right now. Sleep on the Cardinals at your own peril. Because you could look up and think you know what's going on, but then you say, wait a minute, who the hell is Luke Weaver? Who the hell is Delvin Perez? Who the hell is Alex Reyes? And you look up, and Alex Reyes is out pitching Clayton Kershaw at a key game. And the big stars in Washington and the 
seasoned veterans in San Francisco and the hungry young starters in New York and the newly crowned champions of Chicago will all look up and go, damn, those Cardinals, they beat us again. It wouldn't surprise me. I don't know if I'm picking them or not, but man, oh man, it doesn't take a lot or take a great imagination to see a team that faced all the adversity they faced and still nearly won 90 games and think, huh, they're going to be dangerous. So go to SullyBaseball.com, like me on Facebook, subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Twitter, Stitcher, Instagram, I'm everywhere. The music is by Ted Thacker and Patrick Kaliski. This has been the Sully Baseball Daily Podcast for the 8th day of February 2017. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.